Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 259, and it is titled The Science of Female Pleasure. I cannot think about a better topic than female pleasure. People might assume that since I'm a man, I would be more interested in men's pleasure, but for me, that is absolutely not the case. I am far more interested in women's pleasure, honestly, and men, don't get offended when I say this, but, uh, you know, men's pleasure is it's kind of simple and easy to understand. It's not, <laughs> not exactly rocket science. <laughs> yes, there are some important things you need to understand, but I find the, uh, the, as we said, science of female pleasure to be a much more fascinating topic. And as a man wanting to uh, be able to show up for a woman uh, the best way that I can, I think understanding that is really important. So I think that if you're a woman and you're listening to this episode today, you could really learn a lot about yourself. One thing I've always been uh, amazed about is how many women don't understand how their own bodies work. And if Celine were here today, she would tell you that as well, how many times she worked with women who've never even looked at their vagina in a mirror, and they're 40 or 50 years old. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of value here today for women on that end. And then men, I mean, if you want to show up as the best partner you can be, you should understand how they work physically, emotionally, all of that kind of stuff. So I think you can learn some stuff here today as well. So it's going to be a great conversation. I will introduce my guest in just a minute, but first a short word from our sponsor. Do you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed? Then check out Power and Mastery. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. As you know, that is the men's sexual mastery course that Celine and I created. We get fantastic feedback about it. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, check it out at powerandmastery.com. Okay, so today's guest... Pamela, a certified sex somatic sex educator with a master's degree in education, has coached hundreds of women on their own personal journey back into their bodies and their own expression of their divine feminine. Pamela is a veteran speaker, educator, and renowned blogger for the Huffington Post, Psychology Today, The Fertility Advocate, and Care Too. She is the author of Shameless, How I Ditched the Diet, Got Naked, Found True Pleasure, and Still Got Home in Time to Cook Dinner. Pamela has appeared on 60 Minutes, Oprah, CNN, AARP, Primetime Radio, The Dr. Laura Berman Show, The Jane uh, Pratt Show, and Playboy Radio, and now today on the Love Lad Podcast. So thank you, Pamela, for being here today. Pleasure. Okay, so we're going to talk about the science of female pleasure. And this is, I think, is going to be a really unique conversation in a sense that you have just finished a study on this, like sort of first of its kind study, which we are going to dive into throughout this show. I got lots of questions on that. But before we get started, I'm wondering if you could tell the listeners a little something about 
we want, I want to lay some foundation. So tell them a little bit about sort of your work and how you got into studying the science of this. So a little bit about your background and, and how you've come to be an expert really in this subject. Well, let's first start with vocabulary. And um, it's not unusual to hear female genitalia referred to as the vagina. But that's not the language we're using. The language we're using is vulva. Vulva. So vulva is the whole bits. All of all of our genitalia is the vulva. Um, the vagina um, starts with the introitus, which is the opening to the vagina, which is you might want to call it the love canal, the birth canal, um, the place where we can accept penetration, where we menstruate from. Um, so. We're really trying to get folks to understand the difference. So we're going to be using the word vulva unless we're actually talking about penetration in the vagina. And, you know, what's really true, Kevin, is that we're really behind when it comes to vocabulary, understanding, like, why don't women know about their anatomy? Because it's not taught. No one's teaching. I mean, here's a really educated guy like you, and you're on the vagina, right? Because when I grew up, they called it the vagina, and it's not accurate. But it's what we were taught. I mean, we're still fighting to get the clitoris in anatomy books for women. I mean, they, they have found and lost the G-spot about 500 times. And so why don't women know? Well, because we don't teach women. Why don't women know? We're internal. So men's genitalia is, is a lot of your, your genitalia and pleasant centers are external. Did a little hand motion there. There we go. Little, I did the V. Now I'm doing the, doing the flip-flop. And we also know that a lot of male pleasure centers are also internal. And so, um, but physically to see. You guys see each other all the time. Women don't. Women don't see their vulvas, like other women's vulvas. You you see lots of variations in men's penises from very young age and gyms and all that. We get naked and basically you get to see whether we have pubic hair or not. You know, um, you don't see our internal sacred spaces. Um, so women don't have anything really to compare it to their own vulva, um, in the, in the world of airbrushing and some males, um, preferences on sexuality, on what a female vulva should look like images they see are often, um, you know, played with for various magazines, whatever. Women have actually, one of the largest surgeries for women is labor plastic, where they're cutting their inner lips, which is a horrible shame um, because they want to look aesthetically the way somebody decided their vulva can, should look. Um, let me tell you ladies out there who have fuller inner labia, give your man something to suck on, girls. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of, you know, and and. I also know that lots of women have small inner labia or no inner labia, but for your ladies who have full inner labia, no shame, ladies. 
you're giving your guy something to play with when he's putting his mouth down there. And some so, of us love that. You know, so and, my oh, wife had had full inner labia and I absolutely loved it. But I did hear stories from her when she was younger about how when she was very young, she felt embarrassed by that because men would make comments. And I it would right. just blow my mind. I'm like, are you right. kidding me? It's amazing. Right. right. And, you know, um, you know, clitorises have different sizes and labia have different sizes. And for men, bigger is better. So um, why 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 wouldn't we be like big inner labia, big clit proud? And you know that's like okay, well, big is better for dudes. Like all right, leave us alone. Um, we're not going to be smaller for some aesthetic that, that somebody's created. So just as a little word about about anatomy and why we are. Um, so confused about it because we yeah. have very little lack of comparison. We have very little information. I about totally that. agree with you on everything that you said. Like you're, you're absolutely a hundred percent on, but I want to add also that I've noticed there seems to be a difference between men and women and how they approach their genitals. For instance, like young boys are all about their penis. Like they're like, they're looking at it constantly. They're like pulling up on their scrotum. They're checking everything out. They like, we as guys, know every millimeter of our genitals from the time we're young boys. And this might just be my observation, but you know, just having talked with my wife and how many women she had worked with, it seems that women maybe aren't doing that as much because they, they haven't explored it as much. Like I said, I've, I've had her tell me many times that she just worked with this new client and you know she was exploring and she's like, oh my God, I've never seen it like that. And I didn't know that. And, I, and there seems to be some difference between the amount of exploration that young men versus young women do. Well, I think it's what, I, what I've already said. Um, we don't have a lot to compare it to. Um, it's, it's more work for us to go down there and and take a look. I mean, that involves an entire setup. If we're wanting to do visuals um, with our hands, that's another thing. I think another part of the culture, and this is just like, you want to go to epigenetics, you want to do cultural shame, you want to talk about school, you want to talk about religion. Like, What do you want to, what portal of, of shame and disinformation do you want to go down? Um, women have tons of it. Mm. And part of it is that we're trained not to trust our own bodies. There are more laws on the books about regulating female reproductive health, female sexuality, than there are for anything else in our legal system. Women are still being controlled. So when you are, I mean, the Supreme Court just decided that we don't have reproductive choice again. Our bodies being run by the government. So if you're raised in this culture where you're taught that you're a commodity, you're taught that you belong to a man, you belong to the church or the synagogue, and somehow you are property and you actually can't trust your vulva because nobody else does. Nobody else trusts what decisions you make with your body. It becomes very difficult to feel permissions to, to explore your own body if you don't feel that you don't have ownership of your own body, that somehow 
you're controlled. And I don't think it's a lack of curiosity. I think it's a matter of culture and shame and patriarchy. And I hate throwing around patriarchy. And mothers who think that they are protecting their daughters by saying, you know, don't touch there, don't look there, don't be sexually active. Because in a lot of cultures, it's more, you know, it's more than East Coast, West Coast, guys. You know, there's a whole other part of this country than, you know, liberal right and liberal left of the, of the United States. And there's a whole other part of this world where women are still commodified and literally murdered for being sexually active. Men who rape are, you know, oh, bad boy, but she's going to be killed now. Or she's going to have acid throw in her face. So if you don't think that this information doesn't register in our bodies, even if we're in a liberal culture or we've been raised in a liberal culture, it does. Mm -hmm. It's there. It's in the ether. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably the best explanation I've heard. I think you're definitely on to something with the uh, the shame and the cultural stuff as to why it's... Because I like the way you said it. It's not a lack of curiosity. It's actually more of the shame in the culture. And, and that's probably that's probably the, the answer. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, like I said, I've noticed that difference. And I've always wondered why that is. And I think that's probably the best explanation I've heard so far. Um so I don't want to go too far down the cultural rabbit hole because that's not really our topic for today. So I'm glad that it came up, right? It's about the science. You know, we, it's about the science. And it's also, we, we want to talk today more about female pleasure. Obviously, we can't avoid why uh, they haven't experienced as much pleasure as they could have because that does factor in, right? The cultural stuff and the shame and all that. But let's focus more on the positive end today. So science. So you you covered a little bit of uh, terminology, and we kind of started off there. And my original question was a little bit about sort of your work and and how you've sure. come to this place. So let's let's maybe take a step back, cover that, so people can understand who you are and and, and why you're here, telling us about all this. So who am I? So um, I started. I'm really good for the waist down. First of all, I'm just a lot of knowledge. Um, from the waist down, I spent um, well over a decade as a leading fertility advocate in the United States. I worked with Resolve, um, and then I founded the American Fertility Association. And so I became quite well known um, around fertility and and infertility. And that led me to exploring female pleasure and the disconnect that we had started to talk about between our physical bodies and um, female pleasure. And how do we reconnect that work? When I was in my, when I was um, 40, I had been married for over 20 years. I was a very young bride. And um, I was very curious about sex. I mean, I had a good marriage bed. I mean, we did licky, licky, fucky, fucky, sucky, sucky. Like I knew about all those things. I've been masturbating since I had a hand. So, you know, I've, I've, I've been orgasmic my, like my entire memory life. And all of my friends, um, 
were having affairs. Now, understand that if you go back um, even 10 years, we didn't have as much of this language that we have today, like non-monogamy and polyamory. It was just cheating. That's all it was, it was cheating. So, you know, now we have lots of language and lots of ways of negotiating. Um, when I was when I was 40, that wasn't true. And so I didn't want to, um, being a little Dolly Parton, cheat on my man. And I wanted to have these erotic highs that my girlfriends were having in these secondary relationships outside of their marriages. And I, what, people can read the book, Shameless. It was published by Rodale. You get it on Amazon. I don't want to do the whole story here. But I, read this, I discovered this thing called um, sexological bodywork, which is one-way touch on a massage table in a boundary situation, which means that I was able to receive full body erotic touch with a practitioner who kept his clothes on, who was not going to pull out his magic lingam in the middle of a session <laughs> to anoint me. Um, Some men well, actually do and say those things. That's why I'm laughing. Yes, they do. And, they, and many of them are sex professionals. Mm, unfortunately. So I found um, sexological body work, and it's a funny story. You can read all about it. And I landed in finding the right practitioners for me. And while I was at the American Fertility Association, I was having my own inner journey and exploration. I left back to the bot. I left the American Fertility Association with a good shove on my back. Um, and because I was getting more and more interested in how sex connected to fertility and pleasure and how we were to support that. And that wasn't popular with my board of directors. Mm -hmm. So um, I moved on, got my certification um, as a sexological body worker, a somatic sex educator to go with my master's in education, my undergraduate degree in psychology. And I spoke to colleagues and said, you know, why isn't this available for women? Why can't we create a safe space for women to come and learn about pleasure, learn about their bodies? And I, my friend Ron Stewart, my colleague said yes. And he had a, a retreat center in Canada and I said, okay, let's do it in November. We were sold out. That was in 2011. Um, what is the year? 23 now. Um, it's t almost 12 years later. We have been sold out ever since. I only have two retreats left out of 10 for 2023 where people can register. I mean, we're, we're booking most of, most of my retreats for 24 are sold out. Women want this work. They're hungry for this work. And what is amazing is that years ago, when I was attending an, a retreat for myself on um, holistic health, it was a green juice raw retreat. I bumped into, and my book had just been published, and I bumped into this incredible woman, Dr. Bessie Crane, who was a professor at Widener University, which is one of the only universities in the United States that actually has a um, master's PhD program in, in sexuality. And she read my book and she was like, Pamela, this is incredible. And I said, would you like to come to a retreat? I've got one coming up in South Africa. And she was like, you know what? 
let me see if I can't get an IRB and come as an IRB participant observer. And she did. And, and then she attended the retreat and said, this must be studied. And so she joined with um, Casey Mel and Elise Becker, and they did a study that took close to six years to accomplish. And it is called Exploring Erotic Potential Mixed Method Studies on Effects of a Sexological Bodywork Retreat for People Who Identify as Women. And it was just published. So you've got like cutting news, because I don't think the journal has been out more than a week and a half, um, in the Journal of Sexual and Relationship Therapy, which is a very prestigious um, scientific journal. And what they looked at was they wanted to look at, not me. It wasn't supposed to be about me and my retreats. It's supposed to be about the impact of somatic body work on, on, on women, actually men too. Come on, right? This is a female body, but this, th there are programs like the Apollo Project for um, straight men and court boxes, body box for, for, for gay, bisexual, transgender men. All the, we're, the three of us, and we're, we all teach together, are doing this hands-on work and they're teaching partners. Um, this is, we believe in immersion. So the reason why Dr. Crane and company studied us back to the body was because we had a repeatable model that they could study over time to get. So that's the biggest thing in a study, right? Like, what are you studying? Is it consistent? Is this repeatable? Can you have this over and over again? And Kevin, I got to tell you, when I did this, I was creating a safe place for women to explore their sexuality. Did I know that women were going to have these incredible life-changing transformational experiences no and that's what happened yeah and i've i've heard that story happen to a lot of women that's exactly what happened to my wife celine her mother took her to a workshop when she was like 19 wow um, and and they did these types of practices and immediately when that workshop was over she was like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. She went up to the teacher and she said, where did you learn this? I need to go there. And that's what she did. And she went and she studied with Montauk Chia and studied in India and studied under Joseph Kramer. She was a certified sexological body worker. So, but that's the power of this work. One experience. And you're just like, mind blown. How do I find out more about this? How do I learn more about it? So when you, yeah. when you say that women are having that experience, like, yeah, that's the exact same experience that she had. So we do immersion. So women come for, um, they usually come for a week with five sessions. It, it's a very particular formula that we use. There is a um, retreat called the opening for women who just want to step in for three sessions and see how that goes. But what was studied was our five-hour, five-session, 90-minute um, session retreats. And what they found, um, would you like to know the results of what they found? I, I do. That's absolutely one of my questions. And you know what? Let's just go there now. We skipped over a couple of questions, but maybe we'll come back to those later. So let's just talk about this study. So we know that... Uh, this woman who worked for the university had read your book and was like, wow, we need to study this, right? So 
that, professor. Professor, yeah. yes. So, so that was, you know, and that was her subject matter. And she saw the value in your program and what you do and thought it, it really needed to be studied. So that's how you got there to the sort of science part of it, right? So now let's talk about, okay, what did they find? So it's really important to know that this is a qualitative and quantitative study. So it's a mixed method study. So they looked at, they, they looked at emotional feelings as well as numbers, and they did interviews mm -hmm. with the women as well as had them fill out um, surveys. Um, so sexual self-image, 75% um, 70, of the women reported a positive change in how they thought about their sexuality. Um, body image, you know, body shame, 72% of the women found marked improvement. Um, arousal which is something that a whole show can be done on because women are not given the opportunity to understand the magic of their arousal and to really explore it. They're often given five minutes in a sexual encounter with a male-bodied person to experience true erotic arousal. Um, in my program, they have 90 minutes of exploring arousal, very different. And 75% of the women reported a positive change this part was really interesting to me, sisterhood. Sisterhood, the ability to have friendship with other women and, and feel safe with other women. 75% of the women reported a positive change. And I'll tell you why that happened, Kevin. The secret is they weren't competing. Mm. There wasn't any made competition. Everyone was gonna get their session with their practitioner. You were assigned a practitioner. You weren't competing for her practitioner. You were, everyone was getting the same slice of cake, the same workshops, which created a vibe that allowed women to become cheerleaders for each other, to support each other and not compete. Because usually women are put in a place of competing with each other. Um, feelings about genitals, how we started this conversation. It's called genital self-esteem wrap your mouth around that <laughs> so genital self-esteem how do you feel about your pussy how do you feel about your vulva how do you feel about your vagina um 71 percent of the women reported a positive change uh, sexual assertiveness 71 percent of the women reported a positive change and sexual satisfaction 66% of the women reported a positive change. So that's a big, big deal. And then they went a little deeper and they looked at major themes for women that came up. And remember what we're talking about is women experiencing full body touch, full body touch for 90 minutes every day for five days. So a lot of time, right, to process this with female sexologists as safe ports and groups and process, right? Not just the touch. And what they reported was the importance of feeling safe. And that, you guys, you listening out there, if a woman doesn't feel safe with you or in a program, there's no female pleasure. I did an entire episode of this show dedicated to that 
exact topic, that one thing. I talked for an hour about the importance of safety. So go back and listen to that episode if, uh, if you somehow seem confused as to why safety is important. Yes. So um, you can't be hypervigilant and have an orgasm. It just doesn't happen. And so one of the biggest things was they felt safe at Back to the Body. They felt safe with these practitioners. They felt safe in the container that we created for them. And that allowed for them to then explore their body and all these issues that we talked about, that they had these very large shifts of attention in. Um, Connecting to self and others is a major theme. They were able to awaken to their sexual selves and to other women, um, feeling acceptance and permission which is really interesting because I tell women, don't ask for permission, ask for support. You don't need permission to love and and enjoy your body and to have female pleasure, but you may need support. And so that was a major theme is this feeling of acceptance and this feeling that they were permissioned, they were supported to explore their whole range of their erotic experience. Um, the other major themes were exploring arousal and orgasm and pleasure. They had a place that was available for them with, with people who knew what they were doing and who didn't want to take from them, wanted to give to them. So you talked about in the beginning how your interest is female pleasure, not your pleasure per se. I mean, I'm sure you get pleasure from female pleasure. Our practitioners get pleasure from their job, too, but they're not there to satisfy their pleasure. They're there for our clients' pleasure, and that's a whole other animal, right? And so, um, you know, through experiencing body work, um, while on the table, the attendees began knowing and asking um, for what they wanted. They got to know their desire. I mean, a lot of people, not just women, don't actually know what they want. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm all about, I'm all about consent. But what happens before consent? Like, what's the step before consent? How can I consent if I don't even know? Right? How can I consent if I don't know what I'm consenting to? And so there's a process where people are introduced to sex toys and different areas of exploration that, you know, so if you're interested in giving a woman pleasure and you've got a new sex toy, how can she consent to that? Like right off the bat, maybe you introduce it to her. Look at this, darling. I've got, I've got a vibrator. Wow. You have a vibrator. Yeah. Well, I've never seen this before. What does that do? Well, would you like me to use it? I don't know. If I want, I've never seen this before. Well, maybe you want to put it on our hands. Maybe you want to talk about it. So a lot is deeply in how do we introduce, like you want a 69 with a woman, you want to eat her pussy. Maybe she's never had that before. How do you introduce this to her so she can actually consent? So it's kind of a really big thing. We push consent, we push consent. But we don't really talk about how do you get consent? Like what happens before the yes or the no that actually can shape the answer 
so there isn't sex regret. Yeah. Well, she said she wanted it, or she didn't understand it, damn it, <laughs> what you wanted to do with her. So that consent wasn't real consent because she didn't have a full understanding. And I think that would help so much with men and women. If we really could speak about what we wanted to do, right? Um, and then the last thing that happened for these women was transformational life changes. So your wife went to a workshop and this is what she wanted to do with her life, right? She had a transformational life change. Well, that's what happened to the, happens to many of the women who come to these retreats is that they, you know, I'm just going to read this because it's just easier for me. I'm sorry. Um, many participants commented that the somatic components of the retreats helped them heal from past hurts, trauma, abuse, or negative experiences in a way that traditional talk therapy previously had not. For some women, releasing the burden of these internal pains was life-changing. And then in my own knowing, women got married, women got divorced, women changed jobs, women moved. Women have made big changes in their lives after, you know, attending one of these programs. And because, our, you know, like, just like that book, The Body Remembers, right? That famous book that we're all reading, The Body Remembers. The Body Remembers. And the body also needs to remember new positive experiences. So what we're doing is if your memory of sex and, and pleasure is that there is no pleasure in sex, if that's your context, then that's what you're going to expect in every encounter. Well, I know this doesn't work for me. I know. So that's what you're going to keep repeating. So if we're able to intervene with that and re and introduce new memories of pleasure, we can create new expectations for pleasure and replace those old memories with new positive memories of pleasure and orgasm and connection and body self-love and knowing your desires. And I'll take a breath so you can talk together. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, I kind of had a feeling that the episode was going to go this way. And what I mean is I always write a series of questions. And when I write the series of questions, I like to over-prepare. So I like to have more questions than I think I'll need. And then I always go, okay, this interview, I'm probably not even going to ask half of these questions, but I'm going to write them anyway, just because I want to make sure I have enough to, to have a good episode. And other times I think, oh, I hope that's enough because this person is probably going to be like pulling teeth trying to get information out. I knew that in this episode, I probably wasn't going to ask most of these questions. You answered, I think, four of the questions I had just, just in that monologue alone, <laughs> which is amazing and wonderful. And there's so many things that you said in there that I, I can't even remember them all to go back to it's them. Gone. But that's okay. That's okay because this is a recording. So the listeners can go back and they can listen to it again if they want to pick up a few more of, of those things. But I have a lot of content. <laughs> you do. Um, so, you know, you touched on the results of the study. Uh, you touched on some of the major themes. That was a question that I wanted to ask you about, about some of the major themes that, that showed up. Um, 
And yeah, you, you really covered a lot of detailed parts in there. You talked about uh, the safety piece, as I mentioned before. I did an entire episode on how important safety is. So guys, for the men listening here, obviously, you know, women know that they need to feel safe. If they weren't aware of that already, that could still be helpful for them. But I, what I often see is that the men don't get that part at all. Right, And so that's a huge piece for any of the men listening here is how important it is to create that space of safety. You also talked about communication, right? So you, you, you started talking about consent and then you said, but what happens before consent? Right. And so we talk a lot about this show. I have I don't even know how many episodes I've done on communication and different communication techniques on this show. But you're right. That is a huge piece. You should be having those conversations beforehand rather than just showing up in the bedroom right away and going, hey, I got this thing. Watch this. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you have a conversation beforehand about that? Right. So that's another huge piece. One, if you're a woman listening, um, if your man is not uh, engaging with those types of conversations, uh, it'd be preferable if he was, but then it's going to be up to you to try to start those conversations. And men, if you're listening, know that you should be proactively having these conversations on a regular basis all the time. That's just, that's, that's, that's kind of like relationship 101, but yet so many people don't do it. You want to hear my favorite couples game? Sure. I mean, if, you, if, if you've seen me before, you've heard this before, but I'm just going to keep saying them over and over again. So if you, so a great way to work on female pleasure and male pleasure, you know, if this is, that's what's happening here, um, is to go take your partner to like a, a really nice sex store. You know, the kind that have dildos in 25 colors and they set up the vibrators like they're cashmere sweaters. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of, of sex shop you want to bring your woman to, okay? You don't want to take her to the sleazy place that you walk down the steps and there's some dude in the front with with a gated, you know, front. Um, that's, 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 don't take her there. You want the sex shop where it looks like the, the vibrators are laid out like cashmere sweaters. And you'll know that place when you walk in. I'm not going to, um, I'm not a spokesperson for anybody, so I'm not going to mention names. So, um, you each get a basket and you separate. And then you go and walk around. So the woman walks around, the guy walks around and um, pick things that you want to try or, or you would like your partner to know you're interested in. But maybe there was some shame or you didn't know how to articulate it or maybe that you, you just never had the conversation. So maybe um, this little soft paddle ends up in your basket. Or maybe um, a, maybe there is a video that turns you on um, or something on anal sex. I don't know. So maybe you need lube and have never been able to tell him you need lube. So put things in your basket that you're curious about exploring with your partner. He does it. She does it. And then they come together. Maybe you meet by the lube. I'm a big proponent of lube. Nobody ever said it was too much lube. Guys, don't <laughs> stick in your freaking hand and put it on her pussy and think you're giving her lube. All you're doing is you're putting spit on her pussy. You're not doing anything to lubricate her. So I can't stand it when dudes do that and they think that they're like, 
Uh, like, they learned oh, that they learned that from porn. I just did a whole right, video like, on no. why you shouldn't learn how to have sex from porn. No, yeah. No, no, no. You want to get yourself some lube. I'm going to cover the name. Lube, people, lube. <laughs> so, um, meet by the lube, and you both look in each other's baskets, and see what would give each give you pleasure. So, look in her basket about female pleasure, right? Look in her basket. What does she have? Are there surprises for you? Is there rope? Oh, she put rope in the basket. Oh, I didn't know she might be interested in me tying her. Wow, that could be hot, right? Like, oh, I I didn't know that she would like a vibrator. Oh, I didn't know that she might be interested in a spanking. And then you, as the man, pick three items from her basket that you're willing to explore with her. And then for her pleasure, she gets to pick three things in your basket that she might be willing to explore. This is the part like what comes before consent, right? Exploration, conversation, play. Oh my God, we're gonna, like pleasure is playful. Are we gonna play? Oh, you're picking toys for us to play with. How exciting is that? And then maybe, like, when I do this with couples, it's so interesting. I tell them, pick three things. They buy all of it. They usually, like, buy everything. She's got a basket this full. We're buying all the things in my basket. We're buying all the things in his basket. And we're taking that home. And so, you know, bringing the play back, bring the pee back, bring pee and pleasure back to female and male pleasure. Um, we take sex too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 when really it's about connection and touch and, and being supportive, what you never can do is yuck somebody's yell. And that's the only rule when it comes to female pleasure is don't yuck her body. Don't, don't yuck what turns her on. Oh, you're turned on by furry things. That's weird. You're, you're not going to get anywhere with her. She's never going to forget that you said that to her. Instead, could you please go buy a bunny glove and, you know, surprise her with something soft and furry? So how willing are you to show up for female pleasure? You need more than five minutes, guys. Well, so that's another piece that you mentioned before that I wanted to come back to was the time. Now, we have talked at length about this on this show, and I've used many, many times the early studies that were done about how long the average man lasts, one study three to five minutes, the other study five to seven minutes, and then women 20 to 30 minutes. And honestly, you know, Celine used to say all the time that to really drop into that really deep, open, vulnerable space, most of the time for her was about 45 And in fact, Mm -hmm. somebody just commented on one of my YouTube videos about that. A man, of course, commented on the YouTube video about how ridiculous 45 minutes was and I must be doing something wrong and that no woman is worth that much work. And, you know, I just I just have to laugh at those people. But but what that shows is there are still a lot of people that don't understand this. Yeah. And women need time. Look, lots of portals to pleasure right? It can be, if I'm in a um, established relationship with somebody, 
um, it could be totally hot for me in a trusted, established relationship. Sometimes I just be bent over and taken and, you know, have that fast, rough sex. Um, especially if there's a big vibrated place between my legs, you know, yes. Um, and what's true is that for most women to relax into receiving, it takes time. You know, this goes for men and women. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I recently had an experience with a male lover. And I put him on a table because that's, you know, and I gave him this really beautiful, deep massage before I did anything else. I let him drop into his body, right? And then my touch moved into a more sensuous way. And I flipped him over and other things happened. And his comment to me was, oh, my God. I came so hard, I think I threw out my shoulder. (laughs) Yes, totally worth it. Right, and but that was an investment, right? I had to have, you know, we need to have, men and women need to have erotic endurance. Yeah. Like, so safety, dropping in, same thing for the guy. He needed to feel safe. He needed to relax in his body before he could have my hands on his genitals, you know, have my mouth on his body. Same thing for women. We need to be, we need to relax. A lot of women have a lot of sensitivity about having their legs spread, having a mouth placed on their genital. How do I taste? How do I smell? How can you support a pleasure? Darling, this is the most beautiful pussy I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, I can eat you forever. You taste like honey. You are so sweet. You smell delicious. I'm getting hard just smelling your pussy. You're like perfume. Relax her. Tell her all of her fears. She's worried that she's taking too long. She's worried that she looks funny. She's worried that she smells funny. She's worried that you don't like how she tastes. You want a woman to relax into her pleasure? Take those fears away from her. And like eat, literally eat her up with praise, with touch and with time, baby. We have all the time in the world. You are absolutely correct with everything that you just said. And just to give the listeners a personal uh, experience to illustrate that, you know, when, when my wife, Selena and I got together, I think she had orgasmed from oral sex. I think she told me once ever in her life. Well, for all of those reasons that you were just talking about. And, you know, in the beginning of her relationship, you know, I I mean, I love to go down on her, so I would want to do it all the time. And she would, you know, allow me to do it for a little while. And then she'd kind of pull me up and be like, all right, come on, let's have sex. And I, I, I realized later on that the reason why she would do that is because she never experienced orgasms during it. And so she wanted to move on to something that was actually more pleasurable for her. But once I was able to do all those things that you just said, right, with the safety and tell her all those things and all of that, one day I just told her, like, 
I don't remember why, but for some reason it was already decided that we weren't actually going to have penetration that day. We were traveling and we were in some weird place. And I was just like, just lay down and relax. I'm just, I'm going to go down on you for however long I just feel like it, right? She had a huge orgasm. And from that moment on, she orgasmed every single time I ever gave her oral sex for the rest of her life. <laughs> and, and that was the whole thing. You just needed to give her what she needed in that, in that experience to be able to relax and feel comfortable and drop in. So one of her big things when it came to oral sex was exactly what you said. I'm taking too long. She always felt like she was taking too long. So for me, I just had to tell her, look, my tongue can go all day long. Like I have, I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is so much work. I'm, I literally love doing this. I'll do it for as long as you want. Right. And yeah, that was huge. Funny. I'm really glad you go to the gym and you lift weights and you have physical endurance. You need erotic endurance. Yes. And, and you've got to be able to do it from a sense of your own pleasure. Yes. He's going to have, there will be female pleasure when she feels desired, when she feels pleasured, when she feels that the person she's with is wanting to be there with her, that this isn't a job. This, this, this is an honor. Absolutely. Something that you want, you want to spend all day at. And so give her time to relax in her body. What was the first thing that came out of her study? Feeling safe, feeling safe, means being relaxed in our bodies, means not being worried, not just not worrying about all the things that we worry about during the day. And what's really true is that so much that is true for female pleasure, it's really true for male pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, and I would love to sort of flip that around a little bit because I have had some conversations with men where I would explain to them what's you know, these long lovemaking sessions where you take time and you go through these multiple waves, what they're like. And I, I remember one man in particular just looked at me like a deer in headlights and said, why would you want to do that? Which of course blows my mind. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to do that? But what I realized in that moment was that, you know, there's that whole idea of you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of men do not realize that if they slow down, take the time, give her all of the things that she wants and needs, right, that their pleasure in the long run will be significantly enhanced as well. So you mentioned your experience with your partner, how you gave him this massage, and then he said, wow, I came so hard, I think I threw my shoulder out, right? Like, that probably wasn't going to happen if he didn't take that time also. So, right. so, so the thing that I want men to understand is that it's within your best interest as well. It's not just about her. That if you do that, yes, it's about her. And there's benefit for you too. Yeah, you can have a much better experience with your woman. Yeah. And she can actually look forward to making love with you. Yes. And having different kinds of erotic experiences that may not always look like a two-hour marathon. Um, sometimes she may like it rough and wild and short and fast, but she's built trust with you. And she knows that sex is a buffet and that you two can eat around and have some different kinds of meals with each other. You know, long, long meals, short, fast bites, keeping it simmering, you know, using, using words, using all the various techniques that allow women to feel safe and turned on and, and awake. And if you're not interested, 
But why would you do that? Well, babe, you get what you deserve. <laughs> yes, and uh, uh, having known both uh, he and his partner, my wife knew his partner intimately. You're right. You get what you deserve because we know what their sex life was like. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, we are, this is a fascinating conversation, and I think that you gave a lot of really great information for both men and women, but we are actually getting towards the end of the show. We've only got a few minutes left. I didn't even do the, the uh, mid-roll ad. I completely forgot. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's okay. It's only for my own programs. Anyway, uh, people know where to find my stuff. Um, but I was so uh, just into the conversation that I completely uh, spaced and didn't read it. That's okay. Since we only have a few minutes left, though, what I want you to do is uh, first tell everybody where they can find more about your work, and then I have one more question for you after that. I'll go quick. So first of all, they can go to backtothebody.org and take the pleasure quiz. So this is for women. Go and take the pleasure quiz. If you're a guy listening to this, Give the link to your give the link to your female partner. Take the pleasure quiz. See where you are showing up for pleasure, and then find some resources that can support you as a woman or for your female partner um, to learn more about their own personal pleasure journey. Um, so back to the body.org, they can get free consultations, take the quiz, get lots of resources, learn about the study, read about the study, really understand it. Um, I'm large on social media. They can find me on Instagram at the Pamela Madsen or at Back to the Body and Facebook. Um, I'm verified in all those accounts, and um, I'm sure you'll have links for folks. There will be links. And they can connect. There's a lot of writing. There's a book, Shameless, How I Ditched the Diet, Got Naked, and Found My True Pleasure and Got Home in Time to Cook Dinner, and they can get that on Amazon. So there's lots of stuff, and you know what? What I learned from doing this work is that pleasure is possible for everyone. We just have to find our portal in. Yes. And what's your question, sir? <laughs> well, we always end the show uh, with this question when we have guests. It's kind of a fun, lighthearted question, which is, what is your best sexual talent? Oral. Uh-huh. I give... World-class blowjobs. <laughs> and the reason why I give world-class blowjobs is because I love, I love giving pleasure, you know, to a man that I care about and feel connected to through his cock and through his belly and his inner thighs and and all around town. So um, I my I'm a superhero. <laughs> very good oral pleasure your partners are very lucky you know <laughs> two things i love about that answer the first one is you didn't even hesitate i barely finished the words and you had an answer i ask a lot of people that question a lot of times they go hmm oh good question no you were just like blowjobs immediately <laughs> <laughs> well, i know <laughs> and i've been told uh-huh but and, and that's simply why am I so good at it? It's because I don't just just concentrate on a cock in my mouth. I I, I concentrate on pleasure in that entire region. Because ladies, you have two hands and you have a mouth and you, you you may have breasts and all kinds of things that can be used to enhance a beautiful. Um, and it's not a job. Yes. So it's, that. It's like, 
you, you, you alluded to something, uh, well, you didn't really allude to it, you outright said it, which was that you loved what you do, right? And when I was talking about my experience giving my wife oral sex, that was part of it. It's like, I loved doing it. And so that's another right. big, important piece for people to understand is that these things shouldn't be work. You're not just doing like, oh, this is so much work. And I hear that. I see guys commenting on my videos saying how much work it is. It's not work. That is the fun. That is what you are there to do. It's not just about, oh, a little penetration, then you ejaculate. No, the whole thing is the fun. Yes. Uh-huh. And if you're not having fun, you know, go watch Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Go watch Netflix, or if you're a guy, go watch some porn and masturbate. If, if you're not interested in really having the full experience, then <laughs> go do something Absolutely. else. So thank you, Kevin, for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you know, having done similar work to what uh, my wife did, I was already keenly aware of the benefits that it could have because, you know, her and I being together for almost a decade and watching the transformation she had with clients, I knew that this was important work and I wanted to give you an opportunity to come here and tell as many people about it as possible, especially with your experience and, this, and the new study that just came out and all of that. So thank you yes, for being on the science. show. <laughs> there is science, not just hyperbole. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. That is all the time that I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.